Hi, you're listening to The Neighbors Podcast from Peterborough Currents. I'm Aisha Barmania. What you're listening to now is the first episode of a series that will be running over the next six to eight weeks, bringing you the voices from the front lines of the opioid crisis here in Peterborough. I've been working on this podcast for the past couple of months, talking to many people and reading lots of different things, and I've been coming to understand how invisible this crisis has been to my life. I'm really lucky to not experience this crisis firsthand, and because of that, it's not that hard to turn away for a lot of us if we're not personally affected and choose not to see what's happening. But what is happening is that a part of our Peterborough community is experiencing a crisis. It's a crisis of addiction and grief and overdoses and poisoned drugs and so many other things that I want to understand more about, and that's what I hope to do in this podcast. This podcast is about meeting people and introducing you to them. We'll hear their stories and perspectives and begin to understand how the opioid crisis is impacting our community. That means talking to people who have lived experiences, who are experiencing this crisis firsthand at whatever spot that they're in. We're also going to explore what is shaping the community's response to this crisis. Who are the people working on projects to address these problems? And what are the ideas that are shaping their approaches? And first and foremost, I'm trying to put the voices of folks with lived experiences in the forefront. It's not possible to tell a single person's story and understand the whole crisis. But I think that the more of our neighbors that we can meet, the more that we'll be able to understand. If you'd like to share your story, please get in touch. I'd love to hear from you. To start out this season of the Neighbors podcast, I called up local musician and radio host Patrick Walsh. Pat experiences chronic pain and takes prescribed opiates to help manage it. I asked him to share his story and his perspective on the drug crisis for us today. Here's an edited version of our conversation. Yeah, I have pretty strong views upon the way the opiate crisis is being handled. Yeah. Um, Not that I know how to handle it, but I just think a lot of what's been going on with it is wrong. Now, a lot of... Now, what's... Okay, so what's been happening pertinent to me is that, you know, I've been on you know, a relatively low dose of narcotics for a number of years now, to be honest with you, the better part of 15 years now. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a responsible pain patient. I take my meds as prescribed. Um, I think a lot of people in my position do that. Um, because I'm not taking the medication to get high. Hmm. I'm taking it to manage, help manage my pain because I'm in severe amounts of chronic pain every day. Due to the nature of of these kind of drugs, and it's the same across the board with any kind of opiate, um, after a while, uh, these drugs stop really working and you need to up the dosage. Right. It's a matter of fact consequence with this drug right so what's happening now in the in the medical system is doctors are either no longer to able to prescribe narcotics or people who are on on narcotics like i am and have been for quite some time and have a good track record Mm -hmm. um that's all good and well but i'm never going to get my dosage increased Right. There's you know a, I mean? yeah, there is kind of a, a crackdown on like overprescribing opiates yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, you know, there's, there's a, 
a ratio. Like my doctor explained it all to me. Like there's a there's a certain level they try to keep under for narcotics patients. Mm-hmm. Like um, it's it's hard to describe. I'm I like yeah the amount the the amount that you're prescribed. There's like a cap on it, right? Mm. And I guess what uh, what what does that so, mean for you? Like, uh, d- does it mean that you you kind of max out and then your pain comes back? Is that well, I I did, you know like what it means for me is that the drug doesn't isn't as effective as it once was. Right. Like the the pain start like you know you start yeah. to feel your your body more. Um, you know, your mind, your, your mind, you're habituated to this drug, right? Yeah. So, you know, once you start feeling lousy again, your mind, like, initially goes right to this drug, you know? Mm-hmm. And knowing that when you take your dose, you're going to feel better, right? Yeah. You can't get it off your mind. It's just... Oh, it's hard to explain to someone, like, you've never done narcotics at all, I'm assuming. No, well, n- not opiates. Well, okay. I guess I have. I, I guess I've I've had an injury last year that I uh, took some Tylenol 3s for, so. Okay, um, okay. That's but it wasn't. Light. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't suffer any withdrawals or nothing. No, and it, I don't have any chronic pain or anything like that either, so. Okay, yeah. okay. Um. But anyway, my, you know, so my, my, my issue with uh, the way this whole thing is being dealt with is I don't think the, do- the problem is coming from the doctors really over-prescribing anymore. That was a thing maybe 10 years ago. Right. You know, the people who are dying from opiate prescription or opiate medicines or drugs or whatever um i'm gonna you know i always refer to it as medicine because i treat it as medicine Mm -hmm. right um because it is medicine Mm -hmm. but the people who are dying are the people who you know are buying like cheap uh carfentanil on the street you know and overdosing because they don't know what they're taking or how much they're taking or like that's like that's where they should be focused on right. the people who are trying to wage this battle. They shouldn't be attacking the the pain patients who who need these medications to live a normal life. Yeah. Do you feel like there's just a lot of scrutiny on on you and other pain patients? Like it's swung too far. Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. I I one perspective I was reading as well is that um, f- folks who are taking it um, taking opiates. Um, outside of like a medical environment, often this perspective was that it's there. There are people who are like self, trying to self-medicate for some sort of trauma, or maybe they, they have chronic pain of their own, and they're you know doing whatever they can to to manage their own symptoms. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and see what should be happening is these people should be given proper medical access. Mm-hmm. to this sort of thing rather than being denied because it's the denial from the medical profession that that causes like 
you know, uh, potentially people like me mm-hmm. to go out and and find these medications on the street. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I see it as kind of self-defeating in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could definitely understand that. Um, I wondered, actually, if we could back up for a second. I wondered if you sure. might be comfortable talking about, um, like, the source of your chronic pain and if you want to just talk about um, yeah. what that means. Yeah, okay. I have, um, I have uh, arthritis in my spine. Like, my discs are degenerating. Mm. Um it's not something that can be surgically fixed. Right. Um, it's just something I got to deal with. And uh, on top of that, I have uh, like severe muscle spasms in my lower back that seize up and make me immobile for like a week at a time. Hmm. <laughs> you know, I I've, I spent my entire working life from thirteen till. I was in my mid forties, um, working in kitchens and bars, you know. Right. And so through through years and years of a slugging around heavy objects like like yeah keg, kegs of beer and stuff like that, and re- small repetitive motions. So you know you're running and you're you know, constantly doing that, that, like the movement where you're tipping, filling up a pint glass. Right. You know, or you got to run down the basement and you're in a hurry. So you got to like change kegs really fast and throw kegs around. Right. Just, you know, I just, through that and probably my life as a crazy musician (laughs) where I throw myself around, you know, Mm -hmm. I, um, I've, I've, I've damaged my body real seriously. Yeah. And, uh, or my body's been, become damaged really seriously. So yeah, like I, the, when I first got started on, on taking, um, narcotic medications was my, my back had completely seized up mm. and I need, I, you know, I was about, I was about to, open my own restaurant. I was about to have my second child. Um, you know, and I was urged uh, by my partner to fit, go out and get something that's going to fix my back. Yeah. Right? And uh, so I, I went to my doctor and I said that. I, and this was back when the doctors were over-prescribing like Oxycons and stuff like that, right? This would have been and, pro- uh, like uh, 15 years ago-ish or something? This would have, yeah, like I would say about 12 years ago. Right. So I was basically, like when I went in and I said my back is ruined and I need, I, like I wasn't going in seeking narcotics, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I like that's, that's what the doctor sold me on, you know, and it was basically he sold me on it, you know? And um, he told me, you know, I'm going to prescribe you this medication. It's not as popular as Oxycontin on the streets, but it'll do the same thing. What you was know? it? Do you remember? I'm, yeah, I'm still on it. Okay. It's uh, Dilaudid. It's a very powerful narcotic. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and and I guess what did you think at the time of, um, of the prescription or, or this like avenue that the doctor was presenting you? 
At the time, well, I, I took the prescription because I needed something. Yeah. I was very well aware of what narcotics do to you because I've led, I've led a checkered, heavily checkered past. Yeah. And, uh, you know, tried a lot of different things. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, I had taken opiates beforehand. So, and I remember I, I cried a little bit the day that I got this prescription because, like, I was like, fuck, like, this, this is going to enslave me. Right. You know, like, I knew what it was going to do to my body and my mind. Right, hmm. but I needed I needed something to move, and and it worked, and I basically just kept on it because it works, and uh, here we are in 2021. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess that's such a strong word. Enslave, um, enslaves you. Um, yeah, like I've I've been I like I've. You know, and I've had my dose increased since the time I was first prescribed it, mm-hmm. you know, as according to how the drug works within your system. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. what my doctor knows, you know, like, you know, I'd go in for an appointment and he'd say, okay, well, this probably isn't working as good as it once was. I'm going to add a couple milligrams to your prescription, you know? Right. I guess one thing I'm wondering is... How how did the doctor visits change over time? You know, like th- you you kind of said um, back when it was first prescribed, uh, that was kind of when they were over prescribing. But and you've no have you noticed changes in like how your doctor is responding to you? Well, yeah, it's it's been kind of weird. Like now, my doctor and I we've known each other for fifteen years now. Right. And it's funny. I had an appointment with him yesterday that I'm going to tell you about. Okay. But. Uh, but ultimately, how the, how the, like when I was first prescribed the medication, it was almost like a sales pitch, you know? Hmm. Like, and that's how it is often with a lot of medications because that's what the pharmaceutical companies do. They come out with these medications and they want to sell them. Yeah. And how do they sell them? Through, through the doctors who prescribe, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the doctor is mandated by, his or her or their college, you know, this is what you should be using as a frontline. Now, the first time I quit, I, it was like just a couple of years after I had started using this medication and, uh, you know, and I basically went into my doctor's office one day and I said, okay, well, I quit the lauded. And he looked at me and he's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and because they quit cold turkey without without help from him. Right. Right. Now, in hindsight, I shouldn't have done that because that flagged me as an addict mm. hmm. for some reason. Uh, what, what what led up to you? Uh, like, why did you quit that time? The first time? Yeah. I just wanted to, to see how my body felt. Hmm. You know, like I wanted to, I wanted to, I, I'd been on this for a couple of years and I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm like, I felt a lot better right? Be- because of it. Right. Mm. 
And I thought, well, maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little better. So I quit, right? Yeah. But when I went in and told him, he was kind of upset. <laughs> and uh, I got flagged as a, as a problematic risk. That's... But uh, it's only been as of as of late the 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 conversation has kind of shifted, you know. Like it's only been since this opioid crisis became in the news, right? You know, and so you know if I if I went to I remember going to him to ask for an an like a. a couple milligrams upgrade in uh in in my prescription and he he was like and it was different you know he was in what rather than assessing the situation like he used to and deciding whether or not that was a good way to go um it was just a flat out no and he seemed angry with me and then he gave me a lecture about how doctors are not prescribing these medications anymore, blah, 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 you know, and appointment was over. Hmm. Um, now I had an appointment with my doctor yesterday and it was really eye opening to me. Um, cause we had a, we, I went in to speak on an unrelated issue completely. Um, I went in to speak about a mental health issue. Mm-hmm. And uh, he comes in and he's like, oh, Pat, oh, hey, how's it going? You know, and he didn't know it was me coming up or whatever. And uh, he looks, sits down and he looks at the notes and he's like, okay, I see you're here to talk about this and this. And um, now what I had said to the nurse is because the nurse kind of went through a couple of the medications I'm on. (laughs) So she was asking me about. Um, you know, the, how, how, how are your blah, blah, blah about your pills, you know? And I said, I'm not here to talk about my pills at all. Like I'm, I'm not here to talk about my pain. I'm not here to talk about my narcotics. I'm not here to talk about anything. I'm here to talk about what was on my mind. Right. Right. And it was a completely psychological issue. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I, I deliberately said, I'm not here to talk about my pain pills, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so anyway, the doctor comes and yeah, and we had this conversation and he told me, he said, you know, Pat, I've known you for 15 years. Um, you're a pretty special, uh, case of mine. And, uh, because I've never met anyone like you, you know, like, the things, the things that you go through on a day-to-day basis, like with, with pain, and I have a lot of uh, bowel pain as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, between, between your back pain and your bowel pain and, your, and you know, I'm not going to talk about my psychological issues, but, yeah, you sure. know, and this and this and this, you know. He's like, I, I can't even imagine what it's like to go through a day of your life. <laughs> you know how did and it feel for to hear him say that to you it was it was nice because yeah. what it led to is him saying you know like i'm sorry that i can't empathize with you hmm. you know but i can deeply sympathize with you right and that's why i prescribe 
the way I do to you. He just he just sees me as like a very a very iron willed person, you know, hmm. who has to put up with a lot of bullshit on a day to day basis, regardless of what's going on with how I'm prescribed what, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, so it was it was nice to hear because he he it was basically like this is why, you know, he's like when I entered this profession I wanted to be a healer, but. I've come to realize that I can't really, you, you know, like, and I'm not talking about like surgery or anything like that, mm-hmm. but, uh, he's like, I've come to realize, you know, with guys like you, I can't, I can't heal you. He's like, I, I can't heal you, Patrick, you know, yeah. um, what you're, what you, what you're suffering is chronic, which means it doesn't go away, you know? Mm-hmm. And he's like, all I can do is help you. It's a lot a, of, I think, I'm, sorry, what? No, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, it sounds like a, a nice thing to hear from your doctor. It was a nice thing to hear, yeah. you know? But, um, yeah, the re- like, I guess the reason he was telling me that is, you know, because he, he sees a lot of people like me, right, mm. who are have chronic pain and are prescribed narcotics or whatever, and they're good, you know, like they're they're like me. They're good with their medication. And he sees the frustration, you know, mm. that that patients who actually are worthy of the medication and need it to have a to have a decent quality of life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he can't his hands are tied, right? Yeah, I, I one thing I wanted to ask you was I, what do you think is important uh, that that people maybe don't understand about the opioid crisis? Like, what what do you think is like maybe something that people misunderstand that you, you would want to correct them about? Um. Well, not everyone who uses narcotics are junkies, mm. you know. Um, and I have, and when I say that, I'm not. Some of my dearest beloved friends are you know, full-blown addicts living on the street, you know? Right. And uh, I, I'm i not trying to diss on anybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Why do you think it's important to for people to know that all narcotics users aren't junkies? Like, why? Well, just kind of, like, I, I don't even know if that's the right way to put it. I think the where the opioid crisis that they're addressing right now, I think a lot of it is uh, misguided, and you know, walking down wrong paths. You know, rather than rather than instead of focusing on pain patients who legitimately need the medications, um, they they and and punishing them for people, you know, like, okay, there was like so many opioid deaths in Peterborough last year. Um, you know, why should a pain patient be made to suffer for that? Right. You know, it's not, it's not what, it's not their business. It had nothing to do with them. Right. Mm Um, or me, you know, Mm -hmm. um, they should be focusing more on like, where's all the fentanyl coming in from? You know, 
and how can we how can we help these people on the streets you know like how can i'm not saying arrest arrest all the addicts by any means i far like exactly the opposite you know like how can how can the people who need need proper treatment get that proper treatment you know but like we need shit like trucks out on the street you know driving up and down bethune street handing out like narcan packs and safe needles and safe condoms and things like that you know Mm. um I, I don't I don't I don't think the the war on opiates should be so focused on uh, punitive measures. I think it should be more focused on actual help and rehabilitation for those who are, you know, stuck in a bad spot. You know. Yeah. Like 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 uh, like a just like a, a heroin addict who wants to get out of it. You know. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want to live that life anymore. The, the the resources we have in town are pretty great, but I'd like to see something more street level happen. Well, thanks so much, Pat, for, for sharing your story and your perspective on this. I, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was helpful. That was my edited conversation with Patrick Walsh. He's a local musician, and you can find his music on YouTube and Spotify by searching for Dirty Pat Walsh. We'll be publishing stories and the voices from the opioid overdose crisis in this podcast over the next few weeks. If you have a story or perspective to share, please get in touch. You can reach me at info at peterboroughcurrents.ca. Music in this episode comes courtesy of Hurricane Charlie. You can find more of Peterborough Currents on our website, peterboroughcurrents.ca, as well as as subscribe to our podcast feed in all of the major podcast apps. My name is Aisha Barmania, and before I end the show, I just want to say thank you to the amazing community members who are supporting Peterborough Currents financially. We're an independent news outlet, and we're powered by our community. That's what we're all about. And monthly supporters like Kaylee McKnight, Rob Ashley, and Crystal Fern make this sort of work possible. If you'd like to support this work, it'll help us grow, it'll help us keep doing this, and it means a lot. So head on over to peterboroughcurrents.ca slash support us to learn more. Thanks so much, and I'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now.